Today's show is sponsored by the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Come take in everything the Big Easy has to offer while participating in one of the top bourbon events in the world in New Orleans, Louisiana, March 20th to 23rd, 2019. Get your tickets now at neworleansbourbonfestival.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Wilson Artworks. Bourbon fans, if you're looking for heirloom quality handcrafted copper cups coated in silver, Wilson Artworks has the perfect mint julep cup or jigger for you. Check them out at wilsonjulepcups.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand here with the lovely Samara. How are you, babe? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's a rainy Tuesday here in Los Angeles. Um, the kids are out of school because the LAUSD um, is on, the teachers are on strike. So it's been a wonky morning and we've had some Wi Fi issues, which is why, you know, we're just now doing the podcast for today. But um, yeah. It's been kind of crazy on this end. What about you? Yeah, it's bright and sunny here, but it's cold, and we've had really low, te- really low temperatures. But it's January, so Atlanta, it's okay for we ha- we didn't have any snow. We had a little bit of rain, but it's not not bad, not bad. It's good whiskey weather. I'm kind of always irritated when you get better weather than LA because LA is supposed to always have great weather. So the fact that like it's like like flooding out here and you said it's sunny in Atlanta like kind of has me really irritated now. Like I always like I should be the one that always bragging about the weather. <laughs> yeah, but it's like okay, it's sunny here, but it's 43 degrees. Okay. So would you take rainy and 70 or sunny and 40? Mm, you know, I'd rather take the rainy and 70 since you know, most of my work is done from home. Okay. Well, I guess that so, makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's, like I said, it's 43 degrees. <laughs> it's, it's, one, it's what, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it is 43 degrees. So, <laughs> yes. Not exactly. You, uh, not exactly. Like I said, it's good whiskey weather. So, what are we doing today? Um. Well... We are excited to present to all the bourbonites out there uh, our review and tasting notes on E.H. Taylor Four Grain 2018 release. Yeah. So, this was one of your um, picks. This was one of your hunts of last year. I remember when you hunted this bottle down, right? Well, I, you know, I don't even know if it was a... Well, I was... I wasn't actively hunting as in going to multiple places looking for it in that I did go to get a recommendation to go to a place that was a little hole in the wall place over uh, on uh, East Northeast Atlanta. And they, he had a lot of actually uh, the so-called unicorns. Uh, and, but he was definitely charging secondary market prices. I paid uh Quite a bit. I'm not going to say exactly what I paid for my bottle, mm-hmm. uh, but paid quite a bit for this bottle here. Right. So um, he had, you know, he had a William LaRue. He had a George T. Stagg. He had, you know, some of those others. And 
yeah, he was uh, he was definitely extracting blood for uh, for them. So, you know, this is one that I did go ahead and bite the bullet and pay on pay on. I'm certainly not uh, a huge proponent of the secondary market, right. and probably of all the bottles we have in our collection. Uh, I think we may have paid secondary market pricing on three. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's not something that we really advocate for. And we also, as you know, uh, you know, in the, on the group on Facebook are not promoters of trading or, 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 or doing any type of secondary sales on the, through the group. So well, that's just not something that we're really no. into. If are into it then that's their thing just you know that's not yeah but this was one that we definitely hunted we paid secondary price for and and you loved it right so we're gonna i can't wait for us to do a full review and you know we can talk more about the pricing on it um on the second half but do you think it you know we'll see if it was worth it you know worth the price that you actually paid for it when we do the the scores and all of that Yep, we'll get into the notes on it and, you know, maybe I'll reveal, I'll do as my final, you know, when we give the score, I'll do a final reveal on whether or not I think it was worth what I paid for it. Um, but in the meantime, you've got something big coming up this week. What are you, what are you going to be doing the rest of the week? Oh, well, tomorrow I fly out to Texas for the San Antonio Cocktail Conference. Um, I'm going to be speaking. Um, I'm doing a lecture called Don't Judge a Consumer by Their Cocktail. Um, So by their cocktail choice. So it's really talking about implicit bias and some of the, I won't say stereotypes, but some of the preconceived judgments that we just have unconsciously and consciously when we're in a bar setting. Um, You know, and I'll talk a little bit about my story and how I came to start Black Bourbon Society, Um, basically being a brand new consumer, but being really curious um, into whiskey. And when I would go into a bar, depending on who the bartender was, we, you know, we now have great friends who are bartenders and and we have tons, we are very well known in the bartending community. But, um, but when I was first starting out, you know, people would push a martini in front of my face or they would push this fruity concoction in front of my face because they thought that, you know, what was I, you know, doing drinking something as harsh as whiskey, (laughs) you know, and especially I was ordering it neat. So the fact that like I was, they would be like, oh, I'm sure you want a rock in this. And they would hand me a dram with a rock already in it. They wouldn't even ask me. It was just like, like, I didn't ask you to dilute my whiskey. No, I wanted Booker's 127 and I wanted it foolproof, you know? Um, so we'll talk about some of that and how we can just do better um, as, you know, custodians and as representatives of the, the the bar, the whiskey industry, the cocktail industry, the spirits industry as a whole. Um, and it'll be fun. You know, we'll have, we'll have cocktails in hand. We're serving up whiskey sours during this whole entire session so we'll be drinking and um i chose that cocktail because it's a little bit of sweet and it's a little bit of sour truth in there um but either way you know you know they just kind of yeah. mix and we'll and we'll go from there we'll drink it anyway we'll take the information and we'll go on and and enjoy the rest of the conference so well sounds like a good experience for everybody that's going to be there anybody that's going to be in that area in the san antonio area or even anywhere close that can get over there certainly get over there and check her out and I think it'll, like you said, it'll be a good learning experience and also be, you know, be a good, uh, 
good time too with whiskey sours. So looking forward to that. But let's go ahead. We're gonna go ahead and uh, take yeah. a quick break, and when we get back, we'll dive into our review and tasting notes of E.H. Taylor Four Grain. This is Bondant and Bourbon. executive bourbon steward can you tell the audience why this training is so invaluable absolutely the reason why this class is approved by the kda is that all the top bars restaurants and distilleries are sending their employees to executive bourbon steward certification at moonshine university there's simply no other course that offers training that is more comprehensive and has a deeper look at bourbon than executive bourbon steward certification we're talking raw ingredients production history brands, sensory training, and much more. You spend a day getting education for knowledge that you will use for a lifetime. Renee, people want to get involved. How can they do exactly that? Well, you can head over to staventhief.com to register for a class today. Steve, give everyone five good reasons to go to the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Absolutely, Renee. I got this. Number one is bourbon celebrities. No event out there offers you more one-on-one time with your favorite people from the industry. Second one is education. The classes that they offer are no joke. You learn a lot from the educational seminars at the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. The third thing is bourbon itself. Let's not forget why we're there. You get unlimited pours from like 150 different offerings, I think. Tracy said last year, we're talking different bourbons from, I don't know, 40 different, 50 different distilleries. It's amazing. So that's really cool. And there's even food from the city of New Orleans. So if you like New Orleans, you'll get an opportunity to go out and see the city itself. But when you come to the grand tastings and things like that, those restaurants actually come to you. So you get an opportunity to do that. The fifth and final reason, of course, is the ABV network itself. We're the official podcast of the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. While you're there, you can meet the team, buy merchandise, attend a screening of our new movie, stop by while we're podcasting. Basically, we are all about the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Renee, I think people want to get involved. How can they do exactly that? head over to neworleansbourbonfestival.com to get your tickets today. We'll see you there. Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand and Samara here. We are about to dive into our notes and review of E.H. Taylor Four Grain. But first, babe, tell everybody a little bit about it. So, you know, we all know who E.H. Taylor is. It's, you know, one of the brands that comes underneath the uh, Sazerac Company and out of the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Um, So what's really in E.H. Taylor, they have, you know, they're all... Um, bond, bo- I keep saying bottled, bonded and bourbon, but that's who we are. But they are all bottled and bond. <laughs> so um, they're bottled and bond. Um, and this one is a specialty release. This is the four grain. Um, and it's essentially, you know, it's been, it was released in 2017. And it was a surprise to see it being released in 2018. Um, there's still no word yet. We're looking at, we're starting to get reports on what the future releases are for 2019 and um, doesn't look like there's going to be a 2019 release of E.H. Taylor for grain. Um, so this um, 
is a limited release. Yeah, well, and they said that from the beginning when they came out in 2017, there wasn't, um, they said that that was going to be the time that they released the four grain. So it was a surprise, I think, to the market that it came out again in 2018. Um, But I really think that that was it. I think it was just a two-year release. Um, So, of course, you know, Buffalo Trace and E.H. Taylor, they 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 come out with something completely different all the time. Though, you know, we may get some warehouse collapses in there because Lord knows, you know, if there was any Buffalo Trace actually in that collapse in that warehouse. Um, so we'll see, you know. Um, so there'll be different releases, but that you know, going back to our first conversation from the from the first segment on what was the value and if it was worth the secondary price you paid for, just keep that in mind that we're probably never gonna get this bottle again. Which also means we need to sit this slow <laughs> because once it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. So yeah, we just we will we will savor this bottle that we right. do have here. Uh, and let it last as long as we could, as long as we possibly can, um, because yeah. it is a good bottle. It is a good bottle, and you know, I mean, when when I look at it, I can start off and really just start talking about the appearance. Uh, the you know the the liquid itself is a dark amber hue, almost like an orange, yeah. almost like an orange. It's really kind of a, 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 a dark like like that. The bottle itself is a traditionally aged Taylor bottle. Uh, all the bottles really look very similar. They just did the label changed up with the color. The aged Taylor has mm-hmm. the green script on the, on the label uh, uh, versus the others. There's others that has a brown script, others has a blue script, others has a red script. But the, the four gray has the, uh, has the green script. And so I, I, and I like the appearance. Uh, I think it's fair. Like I said, the bottle is traditional, but the liquid is really what stands out with that really dark, dark orange, deep amber hue. So what do you think about that? No, I totally agree. And, you know, I think it's really interesting just from a marketing perspective to have this beautiful like orange, uh, really a deep goldish color, almost like a rose goldish color um, liquid. And then you've got this really light yellow label on it. So for me, it only makes a contrast of what the actual whiskey is, like the depth, and the depth and the richness of the of the of the bourbon itself. It only makes it stand out even more because it's got this light yellow to compare it to on the label. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, the way that you know the whole series for the E. H. Taylor um, collection is set up, it's it's classic. It comes in this tube, so you know it looks great on the shelf when you've got all five or six of them up there um, next to each other. Um, and it just makes it makes it look like a complete collection. And it definitely puts it into, uh, well, I keep saying collection, but it definitely puts it into the collector's category by having all of the different bottles and all the different tubes that, you know, they come packaged in, lined up um, next to each other on the shelf. Um, so for the appearance, I think they... Um, they knock it out of the park with making this collection and this bottle, you know, special for me. Um, On the nose, you know, I didn't get a chance to get into the mash bill, but before I I dive into the nose, I want to say what's on the mash bill because I think it'll play a big part of what we're smelling here today. And um, you've got corn, the four grains are corn, rye, wheat, and malted barley. 
So a lot of that does come in through the nose. And so for me, it's like this, it's this true mix. You get some of that oak, um, heavy caramel, but then you also get pine and you get some herb in there as well. So you are able to get like a variety of different notes all blended in, which makes it really, really complex. What about you on the nose? Yeah, I mean, I think it's super fragrant. So, I mean, fragrant, like it was in my, when I poured it in my glass and I ended up, I had to, I got up, I did something and I, the glass was sitting, I left the glass on the counter and went and sat back down uh, across the room and forgot that I'd left the glass on the counter. I could still smell it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's extremely fragrant Uh, and those fragrances that I do pick up are all very pleasant to me. So it's a it, it's a it's a vanilla, it's maple, even a little buttercream on the nose, which is an interesting thing. You think of buttercream as something that you would taste, right. but I got it on the nose. Also, some green fruits, some green apple, some green apple, more you know along the line of the crispness crisp apple more so than a than a golden delicious mm -hmm. or a red apple um and just overall just really really en en enjoyed the fragrance definitely definitely makes you want to dive in um on the taste and so when i did that um i was extremely extremely pleased i thought that uh I, I, you get they call it a four grain, but you do get a ton of different right. notes and flavors. I got uh, like a spiciness up front, uh, almost a little bit of a little bit of white pepper, a little clove on the front, but then it settles down and really doesn't have a lot of heat as it goes back to the back of uh, of your palate. And so I got I got the vanilla carried through for me on the nose and also in the palate also got like a graham cracker kind of taste mm -hmm. on the uh, on the palate yeah. as well just a good mix and blend of spiciness and mellowness a good blend of heat and you know mellowness and then also you got the vanilla you got the graham cracker so that's kind of a honey and a special kind of sweet so all of that kind of combined together, very explosive uh, in terms of the variety of flavor that we got uh, we got on, on on the palate. What about you? What do you so think? I got. Well, it's really interesting. A lot of what you said, you got on the nose. I got on the taste, um, and I and I picked up a lot mm. of the same tasting notes for you um, that you said too. Um, I think this is again, it's a very complex. Um, it's a very complex bourbon and it's got a, I'm going to use your word from the other week, a cacophony <laughs> of flavor notes on this. So, you know, starting from the sweet, I'm, that's my new word See? for 2019. <laughs> I got to switch it up. I got to come up with another word. That's all right. Okay, so it's very sweet. Um, You know, some of the notes that I got, a lot of fruit, like you said, like I got a hint of berry or cherry in there. There's something that's just really, um, it's really sweet. But then um, again, that that little touch of pepper 
um, from the rye, but it wasn't overpowering at all. You just notice that it's there. So maybe even like a white, like it's a, like a white pepper, um, just so it you know it's present. Um, but the cherry definitely came through. Um, even like some strawberry notes, um, I um, I picked up on the um, you know as far as fruit and floral. Um, but what's interesting is that so you've got this this hint of white pepper with fruit on the on the front of the tongue but as it starts to go towards the middle and the back of the palate that's when all those rich savory flavors came in and um i i got chewy caramel i did pick up graham cracker like you said but mm. it just ended up being like this really chewy savory caramel um and that and it did it allowed me to have a really good Kentucky chew like you know you, you really do end up chewing and enjoying those flavors once they hit the middle to the back of your palate um, and so it was just really round like a round and robust I got tons of flavor tons of experience um, of you know sensory and and experience with this um, bourbon and it was just amazing for me I loved it um, and on the mouthfeel I think again going back into that chewiness of it it wasn't super thick it wasn't super viscous but it was that it was a great medium to thick feel um, kind of like the consistency of like a simple syrup does that make sense mm. like yeah like yeah. not syrup but a simple syrup that you can tell the texture is there. It has that sweetness as well on that mouthfeel. You can totally feel, you know, still the sweetness of the caramel and those, um, those fruity notes, those really berry notes in it. Um, but it wasn't super heavy either. So for me, it was kind of interesting because I did feel like it was a very full bodied, uh, full body swallow, uh, but it did not feel mm -hmm extraordinarily viscous to me and yeah. so um i didn't get necessarily the syrupiness of it it was more, but it still was managed without that to still be a full feel on my mouth it's a very good feel and um, mm -hmm. i mean I, I enjoyed it very much certainly you don't need a lot of it in order to get a good coating uh over your palate right. And so I enjoyed the mouthfeel very much, which let, you know, which to me, the mouthfeel very much so ties into the finish because it kind of determines kind of how the finish is going to start off, right? Of course, so, right. Uh, the finish, I found it was medium length. Uh, I didn't really get a Kentucky hug. It was really no burn for me, which was that, that, that's okay. It was still medium length. It's a little bit, I got, I still get the, the white pepper. It was very faint on the front, kind of a little spicy grain up front, but I did pick it up again on the finish because in the yeah. form of a little smokiness. Yeah. And so I enjoyed the finish. Like I said, I like a medium length. I don't want something that's going to stay with me, you know, for a long time where I got to go, you know, five, 10 minutes before between sips. Uh, and I certainly don't like something that's going to evaporate. Uh, and going to finish really quickly. So I liked that it was a medium length. Uh, and like I said, it, it was it was a little it was warm, but definitely there was no no even really in, for me any hint of burn, but did get uh, the smokiness down of the white pepper down uh, as I went to finish. So what about you? Oh, that's interesting. I'm looking at my notes and 
my notes are more like streams of consciousness, first of all. So the first bullet point says definitely taste the rye, right? Which is what you're talking about with that, with that white pepper feel that we felt at the very beginning on the tip of the tongue. And it kind of finishes all the way through. Um, And that was something that I noticed with this, um, with this uh, review um, is that, the rye starts in the at the tip of the tongue. It kind of disappears as you get a lot of those fruity notes, and then you get that caramel note. But then it picks totally picks back up um, on the finish. Um, something else that is just kind of underlying the whole way through and is consistent is the oak, and and that's what I also said. The oak lingers all the way from the nose when you smell it, because the first thing I you know you can tell the oakiness, and it's been you know this is um, aged at least twelve years. Um, I've seen some that says twelve, some that say thirteen. So it's been in the barrel for a while. So you pick up the the oakiness from the moment on the nose, but then it kind of just lays there underneath and is consistent through the taste. And all the way out through the finish, you still pick up that oak. Um, And I actually really enjoyed that. That's like, to me, to have four different grains that are kind of all mashed up into one, having something that's consistent on the, like a baseline for this bourbon is, it just makes it stand out even more to me. Um, So yeah, I, and I enjoyed the finish. I agree. It wasn't super long. Um, nor was it short, but for a hundred proof proof, it was perfect. It was a perfect yeah. finish. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it very much. So, um, looking forward to getting back on the other side with our scores. You ready? You got your scores all added up. Yep. I'm ready. Okay. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the other side and give our scores for EH Taylor four grain. This is bonded and bourbon. What's the inspiration for your new book, The Story of 10 Classic Bourbon Cocktails? Well, I love everything bourbon, and I tend to read anything I can about the subject. I noticed that many of the articles on classic bourbon cocktails talked about how little is known about the history of these famous drinks. I decided to jump in and start researching the topic. I found it to be a fun adventure, and I think listeners will enjoy this light read. Best of all, my fellow St. Louisan, Jackie Zykan, wrote the forward for me. Steve. I know I want to get a copy of this book. Where is it available? Well, Renee, you can pick it up at your local bookstore, or you can simply head over to Amazon.com and order the story of 10 classic bourbon cocktails. Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand and Samar just finished our tasting notes on E.H. Taylor Four Grain, and we are about to dive into our scores. So, babe, why don't you start us off with your score for appearance? Well, like I said, I absolutely love the appearance of these bottles. They're so easy to identify. Um, And again, it makes it, you know, when you're on that hunt, like the first thing you're looking for is that tube or that bright yellow label when you walk into the store. Um, And 
and we've seen plenty of people's collections and it is very impressive when you see the entire line of E.H. Taylors from the small batch, single barrel, um, barrel proof, the four grain, the tornado. Um, when you see them all lined up, it just looks absolutely perfect in someone's collection. Um, so for that, and of course, the beautiful color on this whiskey, I gave it a 10. What about you? Um, actually, for appearance, so for appearance, I gave it a 7. Um, I like the color of the liquid, the darkness, the amber hue of it, um, the bottles. Uh, I, I actually, I probably would say I don't necessarily love. Certainly, the label is is interesting and eye catching, but it's basically the same label on every bottle. It's the same label on every bottle. They just kind of change up the color and they mm-hmm. change up the name, uh, and the bottles all are 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 all the same too you know and so versus like you look at like a makers and a makers 46 where like the bottle is shaped a little different um and i kind of actually like that a little bit more rather than all the same bottle the label's the same and you just switch up the colors on the label so that didn't appeal to me um as much so i gave it a seven uh for a so not an artist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> actually let me let me let me argue on my behalf here this actually is me being an artist because typically i would say well if it works and it's and it, and it fit and it, and it works fine then why do you have to switch it up just keep going with what works but i actually am saying that i prefer to switch up the bottle make it a little different, a little bit different shape maybe the label looks i mean not just a different color but maybe the label's a little different for it you know so that's actually me being a little bit more artistic see what you see you bringing the artistic side out of me i i think there's there's something to be said about consistency and if they were different shapes they wouldn't all stand next to each other beautifully on a shelf I, on the top of the shelf so, I love it, and now you sound like me, and so that's good, and so I'm bringing that out of you. So I'll take it. Now, but you still gave it a seven. I still gave it a seven for a peer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now for the nose, however, I gave it a ten. I oh. thought that it was, I mean, might be the best smelling whiskey I've ever I've ever smelled, and the fact that I could leave a uh, I could leave a glass on my counter and sit on my sofa and still smell it, and it still smelled awesome. It's almost like a like a like a bouquet of potpourri or something. And so, I really really love the nose. I don't see how anyone that considers themselves to be a whiskey drinker could smell this and not want to drink it. And so, I gave it a ten uh, for the nose. What about you? Um, I gave it a nine because I do think that it's great. I didn't think it was a 10 worthy. Like I've, we've had some 10 worthy ones, um, but I think it's close to that. Um, and I do agree. It smells delicious. Um, it's very robust and it takes a really long time. Now for this one, it did take a long time to nose, not because it, they were the, the scents are faint, um, but because they all come at you at once. So it does actually take a while to sit there and sift through like, Ooh, I smell this. Yay. I smell that. Like it's, it's, um, more the opposite problem to have. Um, so I thought it was great, but I give it a nine. I'm not going to say it's like the perfect 10. Not a perfect 10, but it's still very good. But it's still very good. What about 
What about on the taste? On the taste, I gave it a nine as well. This is really a good whiskey. This is this is this is this is unicorn worthy, I think, um, just because you're able to pick up all of the different, you know, the the characteristics of those four different grains: the corn, the rye, the wheat, and the and the malted barley. You're able to really identify all four of those notes within the same whiskey, and they are balanced perfectly in my opinion. Um, so I gave it a nine too. Yeah. I, I also gave it a nine on the taste and for all the reasons that you, that, that you gave, it's just extraordinarily balanced. Um, just a great mix of spiciness and smoothness. Uh, you, you, the only thing that I would say, if you're a, if you're a, are a whiskey drinker that I didn't get a ton of on the palate is I didn't get a ton of fruity notes, so if you're mm-hmm. a person that really, really you love that and that's what you're really looking for and what you're drinking, uh, I didn't get so much of that. But I pretty much got everything else. I mean, you get, like I said, you get the spiciness, you get the the sweetness of the you know, the vanilla and the graham cracker, which is a little honey uh, mixed in that. You get the wooden notes that you, that you talked about, that you discussed, the smoke from the pepper as well. You get all of that. And mm-hmm. none of it is overpowering to any of uh, it. One part of it is not overpowering to any other part of it. So I think it's extraordinarily well balanced. I gave it a nine on the taste uh, as well. On the mouthfeel, I also gave it a nine. Uh, I thought, it, like I said, it was very good, a full, a full feel, not very viscous. I do like a little viscosity. Uh, again, it just kind of helps to get me in the whiskey mindset. Um, so, but I gave it a nine. I thought it was, uh, very, very, very good and, and quite enjoyable. What about you on the mouthfeel? I gave it an eight. I did give it an eight. I, you know, I really do like viscous, uh, bourbons and whiskeys. I like being able to chew, uh, my whiskey and there was a little bit of a chew to it, but you know, it was so empower- it was so powerful on the nose, so powerful on the taste. I kind of wanted to have that boldness linger on through, and it and it didn't. Not in a negative way. It just it just wasn't there, and that's fine. You know, so I give it an eight. I thought it was good, um, but um, on the finish, I gave it another nine because I thought the finish was amazing. Okay. I thought I was the the finish is impressive, and again. Just that lingering notes of the oak and um, the white pepper, how it shows up in the front and then also then on the back, not in the way that, you know, is spicy or overpowering, but just a, another hint to let you know that that rye is consistently there. Um, I love the, the, the finish on it. What about you? Uh, I love the finish as well. I gave it a nine. Uh, I love the medium length, which is right up my alley. Uh, and I love that I got the, the white pepper it's the first thing that you taste and the last thing that you taste, you know, mm-hmm. you get the, the kick of it on the tip of your tongue and you get the smoke of it on your finish. And so I thought that was really, really unique. And I really enjoyed that as well. So overall, I, uh, I thought that the finish was very strong. Um, very good. I gave, I gave it a nine. So um, would you, when, when you add, when I added all my scores up, I ended up with a, what a forty-four? Ended up with okay. a forty-four. What did you? What about you? A forty-five. You just had to. You just had to outdo me, huh? <laughs> well, I outdid you, you on the appearance because you were being too critical of the way the bottle looked. 
No, so when we add those up, right, with 44, 45, we're at uh, 89 total. Yeah. Almost a nine, 89, 89. That's, that a high, a, that's one of our highest scores, I think. I believe it might be, I believe it might be a tie for our highest score ever given. Really? I believe, but we'll let the, uh, we'll let the listeners correct us if that's not correct. Right. And, let us know. and that but, is outside of the Black Bourbon Society, Maker's Mark, Private Bear Select, which got the perfect score. I just want to shameless because plug. It, <laughs> because it was the greatest bourbon ever made. The greatest bourbon. <laughs> that's why i got a perfect score by the way there's two bottles so go ahead and go on the website and get one okay for the second for the for second the barrel because the first barrel is 24 hours right. so there's still time to get if you only bought one bottle <laughs> <laughs> and you're regretting it because because you're cutting in them came over there and uh drank up your bottle right you can go get a. You can go get another couple of bottles. Uh, you got. You got about what about a, a, a month, month left or so to be able to get it, and then there will not be. You know, I know we said this before, but we mean yeah. it this time. There's not going to be another <laughs> another maker makers private select barrel for Black Bourbon Society for a while. For a while. Right. Okay. Uh, um, and just like this one, right? So then let's let's bring it all the way back full circle. So this could very well be the last release for the EA Shaler Four Grain. For the price you paid, it could be back at you know we paid a secondary price for this. Was it worth it? So it is. In my opinion, it is the best sip that I had in 2018. Mm-hmm. And I had some very good sips. It is the best sip that I had in 2018. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I paid $400 for my bottle. Mm-hmm. So um, is it a $400 bottle? I just don't know what $400 you know, tastes like, or maybe right. I do know what $400 tastes like, right? <laughs> right. I do very much enjoy it. And the fact that I paid $400 for it did not dim- diminish it in my eye. So it wasn't a situation where I was like, right. oh, I paid $400 for this. And I just, you know, it just wasn't where I didn't taste it, right? I didn't get my money's work. So from that perspective, I have to say that um, I did really enjoy it. Uh, I am certainly not going to recommend that everybody rush out there and pay somebody $400 for a bottle of it. Uh, certainly. Or more. Definitely not yeah, more. Be, you know, be reasonable uh, and do what works for you. Uh, and like I said, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to come off like a proponent of the secondary market. I'm actually not a proponent of it. I think actually long term, I think it hurts the industry. Uh yeah. I think that it, it, it's better to have good product available uh, at reasonable prices. So, um, right. but, you know, if I had to do it all over again and that was the only way that I could get it at that price, would I have paid it based on that I've tasted it and I enjoy it? Yeah, I probably would uh, go ahead. I probably would go ahead and do it, but I certainly would not make uh, make a habit of doing that with other whiskeys and other bourbons. Like I said, it is it, it it happened to be the single best sip of my 2018, and so um, 
it's okay if the single best sip that you had was also the single most expensive sip that you had, but you know, the chances of that happening consistently, right. Are, are not very high. So right. you know, that that's kind of, that's kind of my stance on it. What, what do you think? Well, you know, this bottle actually retails for 70. So we definitely paid way more than its values, um, than its value almost, uh, what, six times the value of it. Right. Um, so that is, when you look at it from that perspective, that is outrageous. But again, that's not Buffalo Trace or the Sazerac company that's setting that price. That is secondary market, which, you know, we still haven't figured out, you know, you and I, I think we need to do some articles and write about it. But, um, but we haven't figured out really like how the industry has to, make a stance against secondary sales, especially from retailers. Like I understand like if we're offline and we're selling bottled, you know, from from me to you and I want to sell it to you like trading cards and for 600, that's fine. But for a retailer who pays, who gets it from the distributor at the appropriate price for them to gouge their customers, I think that's really a big issue in the industry. And I'm not quite sure how we you know, tackle that because technically, legally, you probably can, but that's, that's above our jurisdiction. Like that has to do with the TTB, I guess. So, um, so that is the issue, but I think it was for us, you know, it's a good pour. It'll be great in our collection. It looks great next to our other EH Taylor bottles and we're going to sip it slow. (laughs) It's got, it's got to (laughs) last. We got to make this $400 stretch, (laughs) you know? So. Yeah, and and I do want to acknowledge and give and give kind of credit to because really the way that you combat that is at the distillery level, uh, and I do want to give credit, you know, to uh, Sazerac, who you know I, I'm aware that do, does actively combat the secondary market thing, and if they get they get word back that a retailer is gouging and doing secondary uh secondary pricing then they could even pull uh pull inventory right. from them in the future and so that's the way to combat it uh kudos to Cesarac for, for you know for, for doing that uh and hopefully everybody else will get will, will kind of get in line and we can get kind of mental because like i said you know having uh rare and you know or even if you want to call it the best whiskeys available and now the best is an extraordinarily subjective term um available and people can't get it for under thousand dollars and five hundred dollars a thousand dollars two thousand dollars uh i don't like i said i don't think that does the industry any good so okay but we'll get a soapbox. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge uh, soapbox for Mars. This won't be the first conversation we'll yeah, have about this. We'll, that's a whole other, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other episode. But we will transition into something that's uh, actually really good news before we get out of here. And that's our uh, excursion oh, in April. It's sold What's out. going on with it? We're done. Actually, we, we're oversold, <laughs> but <laughs> we're sold out like completely. Um, so we have, we are taking. Um, 27 people to Louisville in April. 
for the trip of a lifetime. It's a real weekend treat. Um, we'll be spending that Friday at the Jim Beam Urban Stillhouse and our dear friend Beth Burrows, who many of our listeners know is, you know, she's like the Kentucky state representative for Jim Beam. But um, she's amazing. She's going to meet us on that Friday night at the Urban Stillhouse and walk us through some tastings and also do a cocktail class with us. And then on Saturday morning, um, we are boarding a luxury bus and we're going over to Woodford Reserve to meet with Master Distiller Chris Norris and um, have a behind the scenes tours. We'll probably go up and down some Rick House, up in the Rick House and drill some holes and barrels and have an amazing experience with him, um, followed by lunch by their executive uh, chef. Then we'll board a bus and we'll head on over to Buffalo Trace. And we have some very special surprises over at Buffalo Trace, too. Um, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is getting a chance to see their new Rick House, um, their experimental Rick House um, that they call the Whiskey Farm. And that's where basically they are. Nice. Um, they're experimenting with how um, the barrels react to different um, control to different spaces. So that's you know they they have the ability in this whiskey farm to you know have no light enter into um, the um, into the rickhouse and it just be completely dark. They have the ability to have it be extremely hot for long periods of time or extremely cold for long periods of time. And they're really testing how um, different environmental elements really play on the aging of the bourbon in the, in the barrels. So um, I can't wait to hear more behind the science of how Buffalo Trace is, um, is creating whiskey. And so that's all on just that Saturday. And then that Saturday night, I just got our tickets. Uh, we've got three box sections at uh, Churchill Downs for opening night at the, um, at Churchill Downs. Um, so we'll be getting some derby fun in there as well. And then that Sunday, we'll have the Black Jockey Gala, um, which will honor the Black Jockeys um, in the contributions they've made towards the Kentucky Derby in the horse racing industry. So super, super excited. Trip is completely sold out. It's going to be an amazing experience. And we've already got a waiting list for our fall exclusive excursion, which will happen in September. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so we're just looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, anything else, babe? Tell yeah. everybody how to get in touch with us other than if they want to get tickets to the excursion. So, um, well, if you want tickets for the excursion, um, you can go on... Uh, Brown, best way to get there for the thing is hey, you can send me a note, but you can also go to brownderbyweekend.com and there's a waiting list link there for September. Let's get that out. But for us, you can get in contact with us um, through our website, bondedandbourbon.com. We're also on Instagram at Bonded and Bourbon Podcast. Please leave us a five-star review. Please leave us a message. Give us suggestions for what you'd like for us to review on this year's show. Um, and tell, spread the word. Tell your friends that you enjoy listening to our podcast and have them join as well. We just got our ratings back. We are number seven out of the top 10 bourbon shows on iTunes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for your support and for downloading our show every week. We absolutely um, appreciate you guys uh, listening to us and giving us this platform. And um, yeah, that's all I've got to say. 
All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. We hope you enjoyed our uh, notes and review for E.H. Taylor 4 Gray. We'll be back next week with another fantastic tasting uh, of another very, very interesting whiskey. We haven't decided what we're going to do yet, but uh, uh, stay tuned. And so we uh, appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you guys next week. This has been Bonded in Bourbon. Armand, why would someone be interested in a still from Moonshine Still Pro? Well, there are those that want distilled water, and the stills from Moonshine Distill Pro certainly can do that. Others like the idea of a still in their man cave or she shed. I mean, is it really complete without one? Finally, there are those that are trying to tap into the rebellious American spirit, like was exemplified during the Prohibition era, as people gathered to connect and share a drink. No matter what your personal need for a still is, Moonshine Still Pro has a still that suits it, and they have parts that you can't find at your local hardware store if you're trying to build your own. I think people want to know more. Where do they need to go? You can find Moonshine Still Pro at www.moonshinestillpro.com. They also have a secret insider site, www.knock3times.com, with the number three, where they often have discount codes and other secret insider content. Bonded in Bourbon is part of the ABV Network. For more information or to advertise on the show, please log on to abvnetwork.com. Bonded in Bourbon is created by Bowen Zell Productions.